Every fan, when you go to every fan's YouTube thing, if mm -hmm. the team loses, the fans go crazy and stuff like that. I thought it was only Jets fans. So what you're saying is you didn't realize that all NFL fans were insane? Just yeah, I didn't fans. realize that. I thought it was just the Jets fans, but yeah, all fans are nuts. I mean, I wouldn't say they're nuts. Just say... The ones who know, have a social media tends, platform. There tends to be a, 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 you know, a conglomerate of unrealistic fans. With the conglomerate of realistic fans, if you want to get realistic into conversations, if you want to get into unrealistic fans, just look no further than, I would say, Alabama, LSU, University of Miami, Texas A&M. You know, college football, SEC country, Florida, Florida State. They've been mad well, for a minute. Well, Alabama fans are not unrealistic. Their team yes. wins just about every year, and they they yes, expect they, a winner every season. But they expect the championship every year. Yeah, it's not unrealistic. It's That's not. Unrealistic. It's not unrealistic to it. It is. No, it's not. It's not. It's not unrealistic to they expect were bad that last team year they lost. be. No, it's not unrealistic because they were in the championship. They should have won. Like it's not. It's not unrealistic to expect your team to compete for a championship if that's what they do every single year. Well, they it is unrealistic it. to expect your team to compete for a championship if the previous year they were two and they were two and seventeen. Okay. Then yes, it's unrealistic to expect them to be a championship team in the following year because it just oh, don't like, work like that. Like Auburn or LSU or Texas A&M. I Clemson think the, fans. The, well, when you talk about the SEC in general, the I'll give you some test is Nebraska. The, no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is the they'd be ready to burn down the goddamn the, state. The test is the test is <laughs> no you know, for anybody. The test for them is whatever whoever their divisional rival is, and then potentially winning their conference. Nah, the if test it winds up domination. You saw no, 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 no. It's the other day. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that they can't be dominated. I'm saying that when when you go into when you when you you talk to college football fans, they're talking primarily about because they know that the the entire freaking um um the playoff system is rigged, right? So. <laughs> Their thought is when I talk about college football fans, I really only mean like the power five schools. Well, that's what I'm saying. And that's and that's why like and that's like they mediocre Mac or something. No, no, no. And that's why I'm right. And that's why I'm saying that's that's why I'm saying their focus is primarily on their conference, not necessarily on being in the top four. Because okay. if they win their conference yeah. and they get a bowl game. They're happy because they know that they're not getting into the top four because the top four is already reserved for so what you're trying to tell me is that SEC fans outside of Alabama are reasonable. That's what you're trying to tell me right now. <laughs> I won't say reason. I'm what well, I won't say reasonable. These, these I'm saying reasonable that they're, fans. I, no, no, they no. I'm they're not out there. I'm like, saying that oh, they're no, oh, I'm oh. saying that their expectations. No, no, I'm saying that the expectations are lower. I'm saying that if there's a Jet fan that thinks that the Jets are Super Bowl teams, and Anthony sent us that 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 thing about the Jet oh, fans yeah. that were legitimately saying saying <laughs> that they have a Super Bowl team, yeah, like that they have a Super Bowl team that. and they should be upset yeah. if their team does not win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That is an unrealistic fan. That is a that is a fan who believes entirely too much from his organization, entirely too much. <laughs>
If you are a Yankee fan and you believe with your heart of hearts that every single season the Yankees should be in in the mix for for a World Series, that's not unrealistic because every single year they're in the mix for the World Series and they're one of the highest payrolls in baseball on a regular basis. But if you're a team whose best player is, you know, you're an Oakland A's fan. And you're like, and you're mad because because y'all didn't in this. Why aren't we the number one seed? Well, come on now. Come on, be, 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 be honest with yourself. Be hey, honest listen, with yourself. If the Astros can do it, they can do it. If you're not cheating, you ain't you're, trying. You know what I'm saying? Your highest paid player, the highest paid player on on the A's, is probably like I think it makes like you know grand a year. Yeah, I mean the highest paid player on the A's as well is probably like you know the fifteenth highest player on the Yankees. Like if that, <laughs> like the highest play player, the highest play player on the on the A's like probably the is not, is not a star. The Astros, right? the water boy, yeah. <laughs> the highest play player yeah. on the A's is the water like, boy. You know, you, like you look, you you twentieth highest paid player on Boston, and they they're trash. So, professional sports is about how much money you're willing to spend, much like in order to get yourself sports. a championship. Much in order like to get exactly, sports. in order to get yourself a championship. Right. And if you if your team ain't paying, if you're not paying, you ain't winning, homie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Our dial-in number is 281-330-8004. Is that a real number? <laughs> Mike Jones. <laughs> Welcome to the Uptown Parlay podcast. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. What's up? What's good? What's good, man? Everything's good, man. Well, except for the people in Florida who lost power and the people in Cuba and Puerto Rico. Shout out to them. Good shout out to them. Hopefully everything gets all right, dude. We've got a lot of yeah, listeners absolutely. in Florida and a few in Puerto Rico, so I hope y'all are doing okay. Um, you know. Otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. Today was a good day. Can't complain. Yeah, today I actually tried that pumpkin spice thing that people been talking about for years. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Wait, Wait Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, Dunkin'. I decided to try Starbucks. You know, I didn't give a hoot about. You just got a donuts. pumpkin spice latte after like it being invented twenty one years ago. Yeah, I just didn't give a hoot about it, and you know, now I decided to say, let me see what it is about. Let me see. Breaking news! Breaking news! <laughs> also, can 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 we talk about can we talk about Anthony not giving a hoot any longer? Like like yeah. what? To, when did like you? When, I was awesome. trying to censor that. You're trying to censor yourself. Okay. Yeah, I was trying okay. to censor myself a little bit. Who came out of nowhere? You know, like when you say sugar like instead of shit. You know. <laughs> well, there goes the censorship. Wait, wait, yeah, there goes censorship right out yourself. the window. Right out the window. Two minutes into the episode. Two minutes into the episode. Anthony's back at it. Yep. Clean episode, folks. Clean episode today. Yeah, we're trying to get some sponsors here. You know, that's I was trying to censor myself, but you know, they didn't help. Everybody gets. The, have I already dropped an F bomb then? I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Well, Everyone today, gets, or you mean in general? No, I mean on this podcast. Oh, I was about to say today. I, mean, I do that life, every day. In life, <laughs> life I definitely have. Yeah. Life, I would, I just wake up that way. You're like, fuck me, work. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I definitely said sure that on the drop off line when I was dropping off my daughter at school this morning. So I'm, I can guarantee you that. I can, <laughs> I can guarantee you that right there. Who, who pissed <laughs> you off on the drop off line? <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. One of these. <laughs> assholes, I can tell you that, boy. They are added I don't today. even want to get into that. Shout out, to all Shout out to all the drivers on Route 1. You know what that is. Wow. Boston, Providence Highway. Yeah, if you're <laughs> from the state of Massachusetts, it's like, yeah, it goes everywhere. Everywhere you need to be, it's on Route 1. It is on That's why it's always messed up. You got to drive off that. It's the main highway that goes right by, uh, right by the stadium. They know <laughs> what it is. They know the vibes. 
and the we good movie the theaters and all of that. Yeah. Anyways, um, oh, we're gonna recap last week. See how I mean, bad Anthony won and Anthony was the greatest, and that was it. Ah, uh, come on. <laughs> I mean, it was our best week this season collectively. Yes. It was our best week of the season. And how many wins did I get again? Oh, uh-uh. wow. you went nine and seven. That is correct. And Anthony and I went eight and eight. So we are now all tied on the season at twenty and twenty-seven. Uh-oh. Exactly. Which is a win percentage of 32%. The season started all over again. I'm just ignoring the 32%. We're and, my be- Look, and my best am, bets are am, eight wins and seven losses. So I went three and yeah. two last week. I am... Um, and Malik and Anthony, wow. I went two and three. I think we both went two and three. So we're at five and ten now. All right, not bad. You're almost at 50%. Yeah. I am of the... I, I, I hate the first three weeks of the season. Typically, this is not this is not just related relative to this. It's just I know week one is always difficult to judge because nobody plays in the preseason, so you really can't judge who's going to do what until you actually watch the games and see how they play. And everybody's feeling themselves out. This this current you know season is just weird in general. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of uh, pickers, pick people that are picking games, and they're they're running off. Um, you know. They're not they're not doing so well just yet. A lot of things have happened. A lot of a lot of games have been decided, you know, one way or the other that, you know, just shouldn't have happened. So that's why no, these over unders are crazy this week. Just because. Well, last week the over unders were actually split pretty evenly. It was kind of like 50-50. Although I did point out to the listeners that it had been sixty percent on the uh, on the year for the unders. That did not it was not the case. It was closer to like fifty six, which is still profitable. But you know, if you're just trying to eke out a profit, that's not exactly the uh, the route you're going to go. You're going to kind of want to follow the best bets there because there's a reason why we put them out and why we call them that. Definitely. And anything? I know you weren't. You didn't get a chance to be on the recap show. Anything you want to go over from last week's game, real quick, before we get into it? Dang, not on the top of my head. I bet you I would think about it later on. But as of right now, not on the top of my head right now. All right. Did you know that the first week of the NFL, this is the first week of the NFL season where they have a London game, and somehow the Saints are a home team in London, I guess in honor to the Queen there. Saints are coming marching in, and they're hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, no. Nobody knew that was a London game? No, I didn't know. I feel bad for the Saints fans. NFL Network. Why? They lost the trash. They lost a home game. You know, if you, if you are a home team fan, you're and your team plays over there. When you buy your season tickets, do you get that included? I wonder. I doubt it. No, I doubt it. You know that for sure? Yeah, I know that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Wait, you got season tickets? um, No, 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 no. I looked it up um, some time ago um, because because of the, you know, at the time I was like, it's kind of messed up. You you pay for eight games and you only get seven. Um, So what it is is you get a discount on – you you know you only play for seven games, mm-hmm. and you get a discount on um, the game if you want to um, go to London. Obviously, not going to pay for your flight, but you get a discounted yeah. ticket for for that if you want to go go over there to support the team. I can't imagine you want to fly now, but I did go back in 2011. It was a really good experience. Yeah, and um, there is how a, many pounds was it, Ace, that you had to pay to go to the game? Yeah, how many pounds you had to pay? Ah, uh, like seventeen stone. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. Really, I think there's like, going to be six or eight London games this year. Wow. Wait, did you say eight? Something like that. I think it's. Wow. Uh, I think they're playing a game in Mexico. I'm pretty sure of that. They're they played one in, in Mexico. They played one in Canada before in a CFL. State. Oh no no no! Okay, I'm wrong. It's three. It's three. They're doing three games. They're doing this week. This week it's uh, Saints. 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 Vikings. Next week it's Giants. Packers. And then on the 30th of October, at Wembley, it's Broncos and Jaguars. I was going to say, when this experiment is going to end, and when they're going to actually have some um these English actually have an English team or a division over there. It's too far. It's a five-hour flight. They still want to, they still want to do far it. Too far behind if they're going to keep no, having NFL teams go over there. There's a better the chance flight. they get a team it's, in Hawaii. It's not the flight. It's the um, it's the time difference. That's really the biggest problem. And it will Both be the and it's more, and it's more for the team going. Like how you how do you map map out a schedule for the London team that has to go over to the states and has like a game on a Thursday night in Green Bay and then has to fly back to London <laughs> for a game that following Sunday. They're going to be freaking exhausted. This is one of the reasons why every time you, you know, your teams go to London and play the next week, they're usually on by um, oh. because of the the travel and the, the adjustments that, is, that need to be made. I wonder how correct. players feel about that too. Like, are they pushing back on that or these games? Uh, no, or they would be, or, or actually, I should say, all they would be, or would they be pushing back to be on that type of team? Because you know, it would be just like how the NBA is mostly American players playing on that team. Well, I think I meant I, I mentioned it last year. It's almost all Americans. It's like ninety eight percent Americans in the um, or American born players in the NFL. There's some foreign born players, but like army brats and stuff like that, but not so many foreign citizens. But the majority of the players did vote. For, remember the seventeenth uh, game because it used to be a yeah. sixteen week season. So to raise the minimum salary up to $900,000 when they put in that new CBA, they said, oh, we'll go to a 17th week, just eliminate one of the preseason weeks. Yeah, and they don't play, they don't play in at all, so they don't give a they shit. Don't play th- yeah, exactly. They don't play preseason anyway. And it shows exactly. the quality of the game on uh, you know during the regular season. Well, week one was fun because it was wild. It was all over the place. Um, but back to the Minnesota-New Orleans game. The spread is New Orleans is getting two and a half points at home. Which is really a neutral side game at Tottenham Stadium, home of the Hot Spurs. The Saints are 0 3 against the spread. Minnesota is 1 2 against the spread. And over under is 43.5, I believe. That is the live line. Um, most of the money is coming in on Minnesota, but I'm going to lean towards the Saints because I do not trust Minnesota and Kirk Cousins in a primetime game because this will be the <laughs> one game that is on NFL Network. And everybody will be watching it. And therefore, because he's two and ten in Monday Night Football, he's about to be two. He's about to be three and I think fifteen in primetime games. So yeah, shout out to the Saints and Jameis Winston. And they're one of the few teams in the NFL that have eighty yards of scrimmage from seven or more players on their team. So Malik, you go ahead. So the Saints, um, they lost last week. Uh, against Carolina, a game that I thought that they probably would have won if not for the um, turnovers late in the game, which, you know, doomed Jameis Winston and the team again. Um, And, I mean, what it's pretty much, what is pretty much well known here now is that this team goes as Jameis Winston's mistakes go. 
not necessarily that Jameis Winston is the reason why they win games, but he has definitely been the reason why they lose games. Um, he has been shaky, you know, at best. When he's good, he's great. Uh, when he's not, he's he's really, really bad. You know, there is very little middle ground with this guy. Um, and so the real question is, and I don't question Kirk Cousins. I don't question what Kirk Cousins is. I watched him play last week, the whole game against uh, Detroit. And in watching him then, he was good, not great. And, you know, I think that's that pretty much sums up who he is as a quarterback and who he is. And, and that's why, you know, because he doesn't step up at all, he never steps up in any situation. The fact that he doesn't step up in <laughs> primetime seems to be seems to be more prevalent. But in reality, he just doesn't step up anytime. It just doesn't it doesn't matter if it's primetime or regular time. It doesn't really matter. He's just going to be Kirk Cousins. Um so the really the real thought is what are you going to get from Jameis Winston? Well, he's still questionable. He's got this the back issue that's that's happening that, that mm-hmm. he's dealing with. Um and Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, they're all showing up on the on the injury list. They're all showing up as questionable. I would lean towards them all playing. Nobody appears to be completely out, but because of that and because of the way that Minnesota has showed up um thus far, um, I'm going to pick the Vikings to cover the spread. And wow. it looks like one, it looks like Harrison Smith is coming back as well. And Dalvin cook, who looked like he was going to have a major injury with, uh, with his shoulder, um, last, last week, um, looks like he is actually projected to play. So thinking about all of that, Minnesota is the healthier team right now. And new Orleans is still not showing us that they've been able, that they're able to, you know, overcome mistakes by Jameis Winston. So because of that, I'm going to take Minnesota. I'll give the two and a half points. All right. Go ahead, Ant. Well, with all the stats and everything that bleak research, I'm just going to steal that <laughs> and look and quit and then quit. Look at the Aces side of him talking about the Kirk Cousins thing. You know, it doesn't really work well, you know, in primetime. I'm going to throw that part out the window because I think for some reason, Kirk Cousins is going to just bypass that this week. And I'm going to go with um Minnesota in this one. I'm taking the under because I don't think the Saints are going to really score that much. And Minnesota is basically just going to keep them on lock. I feel good about this. Um, in yeah, case I James feel good Winston too. doesn't play or gets knocked out of the game, Andy Dalton is the uh, backup. He's the only other quarterback that is on the active roster. Andy Mark who? Ingram, Andy Dalton. You mean Andrew, the, the Red Rifle Dalton. You mean that uh, I'm not even going to bring it. I'm not going to even bring up Mr. CP to sit on free agency that is, you know, she, that plays better than him. But Crystal Lafay is healthy and he is a deep threat. And so is Taekwondo. That's just one of their K. starters last year. I have, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, CK that is sitting in the free agency that is be- a better quarterback, but I'm just going to leave that alone. He ain't never going to get a chance to play again. You know what it is. Yeah, I know. Just had to All pop right. that in there a little bit. Hint, hint. Anyway, and next up we have Seattle at Detroit. I'm gonna have Malik Nut go on his uh, beloved Detroit Lions. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice background by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, we're not recording. We don't put this on video, so too bad you can't see the let the winning begin, which is gonna it happen. Doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't matter here. Um. You don't even want to say what the line is. I guess I'll say what the line oh. is. So the line Lions. The Lions are uh, favored by four points over the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. And the over-under is 48. Um, yeah. So 
the the interesting thing here is um I was listening to a, a Pete Carroll called into the radio station, called into the NFL network uh on Sirius XM, and they were talking to him about just kind of the growing pains of the team and you know and, and figuring things out now that in a post-Russell Wilson era. And um, you know, one of the things that he talked about was his reliance on the running game and you know, and and playing a you know conservative style. Of, of football. Now he didn't particularly say that, but a lot of what he was, you know, reiterating was around that. Um, and depending on, depending heavily on his defense. Um, yeah, that's not going to work against a team that likes to score that likes to, they likes to take the ball up and down the field and score a ton of points um, on the road, Detroit being favored by four. Um, I like, I like Detroit in this game. I like Detroit in this situation. The biggest concern I have right now is obviously the health of Deandre Swift. Who doesn't look like he's going to play? Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is also nursing an ankle injury. And though it looks like he is going to play, he is going to at least suit up for the game. Um, mm-hmm. If he were out, I would actually be leaning towards Seattle in this to keep it to keep it close. Although I still think mm-hmm. Detroit would win. Um, but he looks like he is actually going to be, be out there playing. So, you know, we should be okay from that perspective. Um, Jared Goff knows this team well, played Seattle a bunch of times when he was in uh, in L.A., so the team is not, you know, foreign to him. Is not new to him. And actually, Detroit played Seattle last year. So this is not some. This is not a team that they're unfamiliar with. So I'm going to lean uh, Detroit here. Give the four points at home, uh, and hope Detroit and see if Detroit gets to two and two. And it's going to be my first best bet of the week. All right, let's lock that in. I am going to take the Detroit Lions. Um, they should have won last week, even though I picked against them. Minnesota did not score enough points to cover. This line did open up at minus six for Detroit. And if you believe that they, Detroit was going to win this game, they were probably going to win by a touchdown. I do think Seattle's going to try to grind this game to a halt, and that is totally Detroit style. They're a hard-nosed team, and you're not going to out-tough them, and you're not going to outwork them. They're going to make every block. Will they fumble? Will they drop a pass here or there? Maybe. But Amon Ross St. Brown has a better quarterback thrown to him. And the one thing that um I will give Geno Smith a lot of credit for is He's not making a lot of mistakes. He won't take any chances, but he won't make any mistakes. So unless Detroit has completely blown coverage against Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, I don't see how they're going to break the game open with a lot of like explosive plays because they really don't take any chances. So it doesn't really bode well for them trying to eke out a, a you know, a college Iowa type of win where they're going to punt eight times in a game and try to score 21 points, which as bad as people think Detroit is, every game they've played this year, they've scored at least 21 points or more. In two games, they've scored 35 points or more. So I think Detroit's going to beat them down, and I'm going to lock this one in as well. Go ahead, Ant. Yeah, um, I want to lock this in as well. Seattle seems like an old-school type of team that is never going to change thanks to Pete Carroll or whatever, stuck in the past. Old-school Lion- league. Yeah, Lions basically, you know, young guns coming out. And um, this speech that happened earlier this summer is still resonating with me. And I think this is what's going to happen before the game. Today is the minimum of effort. Do not give up. Do not feel like you're tired. Were you tired? Think of last year and think of that record. Every time I get tired or I think I can't go no more, I think of that record. Last year wasn't it. That ain't us. We can make it. That's them hard. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry because I can't 
care about y'all. Do your best. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Well, so that's why I pick Lions in the over. <laughs> All right. And, and and honestly, and if DeAndre Swift can't go, that man is going to be starting. And yes. You and you've already knows you already know what he brings. So yeah, I, I look forward to 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 seeing how this whole plays out. Yeah. I have a lot of faith in him. He scored two touchdowns last week when Swift had to leave the game. Next up, we got the New York Giants at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are only favored by three and a half due to their poor quarterback play. Um and that is a game I'm thankfully do not have to watch in the one um, window. I have so, to interrupt you. It's not the Giants, it's the Jets. I said the New York Jets. Did I not? No, you said the Giants. You said you said, oh, you said Giants. I Correction. apologize to our listeners in New York and New Jersey and California. It's the New Jersey Giants. I'm sorry, the New Jersey Jets at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers are still favored by three. Or is it three and a half? The Steelers are still favored by three, three and a half, three and a half. And they're um, down to poor quarterback play. Both of these teams have a similar record against the spread. The Steelers have one push and they're both one. The Jets are one and two and the Steelers are one and one. And I'm going to let you go first since you're a Jet expert. Well, Pittsburgh is going to um, lose and because <laughs> they basically going to have to start Trubisky, who's the <laughs> who's kind of suck. They, yeah. By halftime, the Pittsburgh crowd is going to be um, calling in for Kenny Pickett. And also, the man is back. Zach Wilson is back. No more Joe Flacco. Let's go. But anyway, all my fandom to the side. I'm looking at the over and under. It says 41.5. I don't think that's going to make it. Both Pittsburgh and the Jets kind of not really those type of teams that will score that much, especially this version of Pittsburgh. This is not Ben Ra- Ben, ben Raffenberger. I, I don't know if I can say that or not. But anyway, is that he's not there. So I'm going to go with Jets in the under in this one. All right. I will go next, and I'm going to be taking the Pittsburgh Steelers based on the Jets' uh, run defense. Um, I think hey. the Steelers are finally going to – what were you going to say? And on that note, Anthony takes the lead in, in this as far as picking the bets. Najee Harris is going to be there. Um, he's going to be the bell cow. He's going to be the reason why this team either makes it to nine wins or does not make it to nine or ten wins. Um, they have some pretty good – wide receivers. They are limiting Trubitsky, but also I think Kenny Pickett is not ready, and the Jets have a good pass rush, but not a great one. And the worst part of Pittsburgh's offense is really their offensive line, and if the Jets don't, if the Jets can't get after the passer, I think it'll give them enough time to not make too many mistakes. Trubisky is not taking chances, which is why he's not hitting open receivers. Therefore, I think the Steelers are going to grind out a, a terrible win here, and it's going to be like a 17-7, 17-10 kind of game. And I'm picking the Steelers on that one. Go ahead, Malik. So both teams have hit the under in two of their three games this year. Well, I'm uh, taking the, the under as well, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the under is probably the best bet for uh, for these two teams. Um, partially because of the way Pittsburgh plays defense. And to your point, Ace runs the football and does not take a lot of shots downfield, although I do think that at some point in time, they're going to have to, Mike Tomlin is going to have to trust in Mitchell Trubisky to do just that in order for them to start scoring some points because their defense is good enough for them to win just about every game they play. Um, their offense has been holding them back from being able to win games, you know, that they that they probably should have won. They probably should have beat New England and they could have very easily beat Cleveland, um, you know, as well. So 
you know, this team is is one and two, but could easily I could easily have seen them go at least two and one, if not three and zero, oh, at up to this point. So, um, the Jets, I'm interested in seeing what the Jets are going to be um, with with Zach Wilson coming back. Um, he's not on the injury report, not listed on the injury report, which is great. He's, I mean, he's sorry, he's listed as probable, which is great. How much Zach Wilson are we going to get? Are we going to get the full version of Zach Wilson, who's going to be you know able to kind of you know, uh, extend plays with his, with his legs. Is he going to be staying in the pocket more? Is he going to be handing the ball off more? You know, what version of Zach Wilson are you going to get? I think that's the, that's the interesting question there um, that we're going to see. Um, Garrett Wilson is uh, questionable for the game. Um, and still, so it's still unknown whether or not he's got, I don't think he, pra- he didn't practice yesterday. So I don't think he's going to, we're going to know probably until game today? time. Um, thir- oh, sorry, today, Thursday. Yeah. He didn't practice today. Um, so we'll see what he winds up being. I think that's a very important player to this offense, uh, to this Jets offense, being able to make some plays down the field. Um, and just because it's the first game back for um, Mr. Zach Wilson, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Pittsburgh Steelers and give the three on this one. Um, I think it'll just take a couple of weeks for Zach Wilson and the Jets offense to get back on track uh, and, and and get things rolling. So, I think Pittsburgh's catching them at a good point, at a good time. They're finally out of this whole, you know, TJ Watt is gone and oh, woe is us. They figured out how to, you know, work the defense in a way that still makes them effective, if not explosive. And Pittsburgh's able to get the win at home against against a game uh, and heady jet squad that just loses this by, you know, four to five points is where I would say, where I would say the swing is. So I'm going to say somewhere around um, 21-17, something like that. Oh, All just right. just to let you um and call everybody your viewers at home know that this is how the Jets fans mentality is right now when J- Zach Wilson's coming back. They're thinking like this. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that's gonna happen, but let's see what happens. <laughs> Yo, ridiculous, man. I love it. I love that for the Jets fans. Always optimistic. They could win this game, but I, I, I really doubt that they do because these are two very conservative teams. Next yeah, we up, all, the sh- huh? I was going to say we always optimistic until the first pick happens, and you should see the, how the um, the chats go. They start firing everybody. But anyway. Yeah. Chicago Bears at the New York Giants. The New York Giants. Chicago Bears at the New York Giants this game. The Giants are favored by three. Um, I think that actually opened up a little bit higher, three and a half. It may even get bet down to two and a half if more people keep taking the Bears. Bears um, won the game last week, but it was exactly by three, so it ended up being a push for a lot of people. Unfortunate. Chicago is one, one, and one against the spread, and the Giants are two and one against the spread, and they both had two and one records. Two teams that nobody thought would win two games this early. I'm going to go first. Um Chicago's defense is the only reason why they won the game last week. To be completely honest, Justin Fields is playing pretty terrible. Um, I think he has a chance to turn it around because if he can improve against Houston and and the Giants, because these are two of the worst defenses in the league. The Bears haven't really been doing many favors by not getting open. He did finally complete a pass to Darnell Mooney and to his tight end Cole Komet. If you haven't dropped him in daily fantasy or in your fantasy league team, I would suggest you do that. Saquon Barkley is the only um, difference maker, really, for the Giants. Everybody else, every other wide receiver for the Giants is listed on the injury report. The Bears and Lions are starting to actually play a little bit better. 
and I'd like to take Chicago, but I honestly think no matter who wins this game, it's going to be by three points anyway. So that being said, this is also the lowest over under the week. And I'm going to take the under on this one at 39 and a half. And I'm going to take the New York Giants just because they're at home. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead, Ann. Well, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm taking Chicago in this one in the under. The reason why is because I was watching that Monday night football game and Quite as much jokes as I made make about Daniel Jones, he actually was doing his thing, but it seemed like he had no help at all, no help except, except for um yeah, no help really. So I'm going to go with Chicago. I think they actually can pull this off, but I'm going to take Chicago in the under. It might be like maybe a, a six to nine game or whatever, but let's see what happens. Yeah, the Bears do have a pretty good run game. David Montgomery is listed as questionable, but Khalil Herbert came in and ran for a buck fifty and two TDs. It's just that Justin Fields has been so shaky, and they haven't been giving him much time either. So it's kind of hard for me to pick him. He's going to have to prove it to me. And I oh. could see the Giants. I could see the Giants running away with this one behind Saquon. The only, yeah, that's the only reason that I, I see the Giants actually even quite winning this game is maybe if Saquon goes off. But I can't see. I can't see it after Monday. And the Daniel defense Jones is by himself. Is a top. It's a top fifteen defense. It's the top half of the league, but the Giants' defense is really not. And that's the only benefit that I see to Chicago. But this is going to be a get-right game for them after winning, you know, two at home. Maybe they'll win on the road, but I doubt it. Go ahead, Malik. Chicago. Yeah, I I think this is – this should be um, Justin Fields coming out part. Like, this should be the game that he has a really good performance and really shows up and shows out and plays well, um, especially if David Montgomery is able to come back. Um, it's really going to be a tale of two ball control um, offenses with, you know, um, <clears throat> with good running games, good running attacks, good running backs back there, controlling the clock, controlling field position, and trying to, you know, just gut out and grind out victories. Um, but the reality of the situation is, I mean, uh, Anthony's right. You know, the Giants just have nothing in terms of skill position players. And their offensive line has been a been been is still a bit of an issue. Um, it's a door you know, that opens up. To, yeah, to, and the skill position players. I mean, Sterling Shepard just went down. He just he tore his ACL, um, so he's out for the year. Um, they still haven't gotten back Kadarius Tony. They still haven't gotten back Wandale Robinson. Um, and the kid, I cannot remember the, the kid's name. Um, I think the kid's I think his last name is Jones or something like that. Um, the kid that has been out there for them, playing pretty much off the street. Um, and they have him and 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 Kenny Galladay, who who plays when he wants to play. I guess is I guess is probably the best the best way to put it for him. Because the check um, hasn't cleared for him. It's just really hard to have any faith in the Giants. Um, at this point, um, just in their ability to to, to score to score points, and even though Chicago struggles scoring points, and we've seen that on a regular basis, which is why I think the under here is the best bet. Um, for this game. Um, at the very least, I feel more confident in what Justin Fields can do, moving the ball with his legs, moving the offense up and down the field, and putting three, at least three points on the board, if not seven, more often than Daniel Jones and the Giants. So I'm going to take Chicago and the under as well. I think this is interesting that <laughs> Ace is the Ace is the only yeah, one of the three of us taking the Giants uh, against his beloved Bears. Uh, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Bears um, to to I want the I want the three points because I think if they if the Giants do win it'll be by a field goal um, and I'd like to be on that side of the 
that side of the coin here because the field goal, um, the field, a, a push goes to the underdog typically. So I, I choose the I choose Mooney over those Giants wide receivers any day. Well, Kadarius Tony isn't expected to play. Wando <laughs> Robinson is out, but um, I think the other rookie for the Giants is going to be playing. And oh, Gally you trust Tony if he did have a if he well. was playing. <laughs> but um, Chicago only has three healthy wide receivers. Equinemia St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, and not even Byron Pingle. Byron Pingle was hurt. I believe the next guy up is Dante Pettis, who actually did but play at least well. those two guys, Mooney, Mooney and St. Brown, are their starters. Yes. It's yes. not like the two guys yes. that are healthy are are guys who they just brought in brought in off the street. Literally everybody who the Giants had depended on to be their starting one receiver, <laughs> with the exception of Kenny Galladay, is not playing <laughs> right now. Yeah, and yeah. you know you and, and and you know something could be said for whether Kenny Galladay is actually showing up. You know, hashtag True. Detroit Lions, by the way. True. Yeah. Right. I told y'all don't. Hashtag I told y'all don't sign him. <laughs> I had tears in my eyes watching that game. I felt bad for Daniel Jones. I was like, dang, I take back all my jokes against him. Well, you know what? I, I think I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. You've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> I was being a bit pessimistic because of how good Saquon's been, and I, I believe that the knee is back, and he's been able to catch and run, and that's that was the one thing I didn't think they could just load up the box and go with Daniel Jones. But they do have pretty good pass rushers, and Robert Quinn is kind of doing his thing. So you know what? I'm switching to Chicago. To be honest, I All think right. the Giants are gonna get mo- Molly Wop. Locked it in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Make that my my second lock of the week. Okay. Next All up, right. we have. Tennessee at Indianapolis. This is going to be an easy one for me. I am going to take Indianapolis. Getting They're the favorite. They're giving three and a half to Tennessee. Tennessee's team has been atrocious. Um, the fact that they even have a win, I'm still kind of shocked by that. Um, I get why Indianapolis is favorite. Jonathan Taylor is off the injury list. These are two, top, these are two of the best rushing teams in the league because they have the two best running backs in the league. Both of them are one and two against the spread. I do believe this game may come down to a field goal. Um, Indianapolis replaced their field goal kicker. They're playing in a dome. They have home field. And I think Matt Ryan is finally learning the new offense and he's getting a little bit better. Alec Pierce, the rookie receiver, still good as a deep threat. Um, teams have been basically double teaming. What's his name? Robert, former um, L.A. Ram. They're their number one receiver where they paid a bunch of money to out there in Tennessee, which is not really working out for them. You may end up seeing Malik Willis sooner rather than later, Tennessee fans. Um, but I'm leaning on Indianapolis on this one. I'm going to lay the three and a half, and I'm going to take them at home to win by his heady. And I'm going to go on the over. Both of these teams' defense has been playing terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, uh, both defenses have been playing terrible, and because of that, I'm not going to go with the favorite on this one. I'm going to go with the underdog here. Um, Tennessee actually looked pretty good last week against a Vegas team that you know everybody by all, although they are 0-3 all for all intents and purposes. You know this was, that was a playoff team last year. Uh, Indy Indy did what they were supposed to do against a really good KC team, and they showed some resiliency that I didn't think that they had in them, uh, frankly speaking. So um, Indy is the better team. I'm sorry, Tennessee is a better team offensively. Uh, they they they're off, are averaging just over five and a half yards per play. Um, the red zone scoring percentage is well into the high 80s um, for the 
you know, for a team that's that that, that that's that that that's that's that successful when they get into the red zone, it means that you know Derrick Henry's getting the football and he's getting the football. He's going downhill and he's able to make plays from that end. The biggest issue is that they turn the ball over, um, and Ryan Tannehill has not been very good at all um, this year. So um, I'm talking myself into Indianapolis here. That's uh, right. I know I was yeah. saying I was going to go with the going to the dark side. Go with the the underdog here. But I'm talking myself back into Indianapolis. I'm talking myself into Indianapolis. I don't like their team, um, but I think this is this this game to me plays very similar to the Giants and the Bears game in that it's really about the running backs. It's really going to be about Jonathan Taylor and on one side, Derrick Henry on the other side, and which team is going to be able to control the line of scrimmage and you know and and carry the day. Um, and so because of that, I will lean again towards Indianapolis giving the three and a half points. I don't feel good about this. I'm not locking this in. I think the lock, I think the lock in here though, is the over um, hit that. Um, if you can get Indianapolis on the money line for, for, for a good, a good play, I say, take that too. But uh, Indianapolis and the over is my play. I'd like to point out before I move on to Ant that Indianapolis um, over Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill has not thrown a touchdown pass to any of his wide receivers yet. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so Malik, you said Indianapolis. You going to Indianapolis yeah, in the over? Yeah, I'm going Indian the over. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it simple so I won't lean back and forth like Malik is going. I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm taking Tennessee and and the over in this one. I think Tennessee is gonna work their way back in quite sooner or later. They're gonna find a wide receiver they can pass to. But um there's a little thing that happened this week um with Taylor. Basically, he missed his first practice, first practice ever in his whole career. You know, it's kind of weird. So you know how these players are with a superstition type of thing. Maybe it might carry on to the field. I want to use that as part of it. Like I said, keep it simple. Tennessee in the over. All right. Next game, we got the L.A. Chargers at the Houston Texans. Lollywop. Um, yeah. The Chargers <laughs> are favored by five points on the road. I do like a home underdog. But the fact that Houston could not come back and stop Chicago and the fact that David uh, can't even remember his name, but I don't think he'll be starting that long. David Sills? Is that what his name is? What's that quarterback down there? Dave, Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Yeah, he's hold, he's just holding he's holding on to um, the fort to next year when they draft a real quarterback. He's going to get Lovey Smith fired unless they want to actually have a black coach for more than a year. They might just keep the coaching carousel moving. Who knows? No, they're gonna move on to um. Heard Urban Meyer's available. No, it's gonna be like that other dude that was a quarterback (laughs) that they was trying to get to be a coach. Oh, oh, that's right. Your uh, your old Jets uh, quarterback there. Yeah, I forgot that guy's name already. McCown. Um, Yeah, McCown. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. All right, I'm taking the Chargers. Um, Herbert is gonna play. He's still dealing with the injury. I'm not too concerned with that. Overall, the Chargers are a better team. Joey Bosa did just go on the IR. He's going to come back. He's having to have surgery. Um, they got Bosa and Mack for a reason. They still have a really good pass rush with just Mack. They may be able to move and slide coverage to him, but they still got other people on the team. Derwin James is going to be able to shut them down. Brandon Cooks is having a pretty average year, and the Chargers just have a better overall team. So I'm leaning on the Chargers, and this is my second lock of the week. I'm going to lay those five and a half. Go ahead, Malik. Chargers are the better team here. If Herbert plays, there's probably, there's really no reason to believe that uh, Houston is able to go is is going to be able to stay with the Chargers offensively. 
um, with Davis Mills and not much else uh, supporting him from a skills position perspective. Um, the only thing that I that I will say here is that um, the Chargers, I'm sorry, is that the the Texans are two and zero, two zero and one against the spread this year. Yeah. Um, so they've actually not lost a game yet against the spread. They've kept everything close. That game against uh, Chicago last week, they were three point dogs. They lost by three, um, so they got a push on that one. Um, and again, they were two. They're two and zero um, uh, with every. With, they're two and zero against the spread across the board. So this is probably the first game where we can actually see a bit of a a bit of a lopsided victory um, if everybody on the Chargers side is healthy. So I'm going to take the Chargers and the under on this one as well, and I'm locking them in as well. Second, my second lock of the week. All right. And who do you got? Yeah, this is gonna be my third lock of the week here. Um, remember what happened to um what the Bills did on the week one against this the Chargers? I think it was the Chargers was playing, right? No, they were playing the Rams. Uh, they were playing the Rams 31 10. Yeah. I just saw LA, but anyway, but besides that, remember the, the Molly Wap that, that happened? Just yes. picture picture that with this team. Quite the Chargers are basically gonna be playing the Bills, you know, in this play, and Houston's gonna be playing the team you get Molly Wap. Anyway, so I'm going to go with the Chargers, and I'm taking the over in this one. This is going to be a beatdown. The Chargers themselves might score 44 points. All right. Next up, we got Cleveland at Atlanta. Atlanta is at home, and they are not the favorite team. That is still Cleveland. Atlanta's getting one and a half points at home. Marcus Mariota played pretty well last week up in Seattle. They gave the game up late. Atlanta is 3-0 against the spread. Uh, Cleveland just lost Miles Garrett for at least this week, and their quarterback is still is still Jacoby. Uh, keep forgetting his last name. Brissett. Almost said Ellsbury. Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> yeah, Jacoby Brissett. I know he plays uh, outfield for the uh, Boston Red Sox. I believe Jacoby Ellsbury, where he did. Uh, Cleveland has a better wide play the quarterback there too. He can maybe play quarterback for Cleveland too. He might he's about six two. He's got to be at least the goodest quarterback in Brissett. Brissett hasn't made too many errors. They have a better running game, honestly. Though I just don't. Atlanta's defense has been all over the place. They've been up. They've been down. I will take the over in this one. The over under is forty seven and a half. I'm leaning towards Atlanta, not just because they're undefeated against the spread, but they're at home and they're playing very, very, very hard for this coach. Um. Chris Olave. Oh, wait. Chris Olave is not even on his team. Drake London. Yeah, Chris say, on the Saints. Saints. Drake London has been playing his ass off. That's been a very well-paid pick. Um, Kyle Pitts finally got involved last week. They're going to involve him some more. In terms of receivers, Amari Cooper is a dominant receiver for Cleveland. They just have to double him, and they should be fine on offense. This coach is a defensive-minded coach, so I think we'll be able to fix this come the end. And the offense is playing a little bit better each week. So that's why I'm picking Atlanta. I have some faith in y'all. And um, I really just don't like Cleveland. And I don't think they'll win this game without their um, star on defense, Miles Garrett chasing down the QB. He's really the only way they generate pressure. Um, I know they have the other superstar on the other side. He's kind of a mercenary for hire. And I'm going with Atlanta. Isn't he out too? No, I don't believe um, I don't believe Mr. Uh, Mr. Helmet Pop is off. Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> You guys don't remember that crazy highlight from when he was in college, South Carolina. You mean Jadavian Clowney? Jadavian yeah. Clowney. Yes, yeah. when he busted dude's helmet off by tackling him. 
Yeah, that's the reason why he got. That's the reason. That's literally the reason he got picked number one overall. Well, no, slid up just for that. Yep, just for that. Listen, Houston wanted a crazy pass rush. He's six six, two eighty, and he runs like. He made that highlight. That was it. That highlight. That highlight. Oh, he is. But that highlight is the reason why he got picked one overall. They played it. They literally played it every time they mentioned that man's name. That was an ESPN special. They played it. (laughs) They really did, though. I don't. I don't see him on the. I don't see him on the injury report, though. I know he he wasn't playing that much last week. I know there a lot of their some of their offensive line are hurt. He's listed as questionable for the game. Listed as questionable, but he played last week. That's weird. Ankle. All right. Oh, and their other linebacker, their other star linebacker, is also listed as questionable. So that's not really good. Awusu Kamara. Mm -hmm. Damn, and Chase Winovich, and Jesse James, and Chris Odom. All right, so I feel even better about my pick. Go Atlanta. Go Birds. <laughs> well, Malik, who you got? Millie, could you make your pick? No, neither me nor Ant made our picks yet. All right. Fumble. And, and you were going. Go ahead. And, All right. Yeah, you know, well, I was just going to say um, I'm glad that Miles Garrett's okay from that um, crash that happened. But, um, yeah, the Cleveland's going to definitely miss him this week. That defensive line was very ferocious in the beginning of the year, but. It's not there right now. So I'm going to go Atlanta with this one. Finally, the coach actually found a quite place to give to um, Pitts on this one. You can start scoring some points. He helped me out in fantasy. But I'm going to go with um, ATL on this one. I'm taking the over. All yeah, right, it's, a sweep for, it's a sweep for Atlanta here. It's a sweep for Atlanta here um, by the three of us. Um, I think the I think everybody's pointed at it. the loss of Miles Garrett is going to be huge. Because Atlanta can score points. Atlanta has shown, at least in those three games that they played thus far, they can score with just about anybody um, that that they're faced up against. Marcus Mariota is playing well um, as the starting quarterback uh, for this team. He's holding off Desmond Ritter uh, from taking over the squad and taking over, you know, ownership of the offense. Um, uh, you guys mentioned the impact of Drake London, uh, Kyle Pitts getting involved, uh, and then also their running back. Um, what's the gentleman's name? Um, Nick Chubb, Cordero Patterson. The, yeah, Cordero, Cordero Patterson. Ah. Yeah, Cordero Patterson. Um, in Atlanta, um, they're they're all you know playing playing well and uh, and putting up points and and they're able to move that ball down the field. So if Cleveland's defense can't make uh can't make things difficult for for their offense, it's just going to be a long night for them. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Atlanta as well. Um. Get, getting the getting the one point from Cleveland, I'll take Atlanta, and I'm actually gonna take yeah, I'm gonna take the over because I think this over under is actually pretty low. Forty seven and a half is it seems like seems like a pretty low number for two teams that you know can can get can get the score up pretty well, and in a dome situation where there's not gonna be an issue with weather. So uh, yeah, definitely take Atlanta and take the over as well uh, here, and I'm gonna lock this one as my third lock of the week. All right, next up we have the Washington Commandos at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored by three, and the over-under is 41.5. I'm going to lean on the over, and I'm going to lock this in as the Cowboys to win this one. I think they're going to beat the hell out of the Commanders. I don't believe they really stand a chance. The fact that they were able to get both Zeke and Tony Pollard going last week and C.D. Lamb was finally able to get something done, and I'm still not sure if Michael Gallup is going to play. I don't think he's practiced, but he was running. And 
I have more faith in the Cowboys than I do in Washington. They're such an up-and-down team. They have a ton of talent around uh, Carson Wentz. I actually really like their wide receivers, and it's probably going to hurt me in fantasy to pick against them because Jahan Dotson is very fast, and Terry McLaurin is pretty good, and even Curtis Samuel the third. Antonio Gibson is a pretty good rusher, but Dallas's defense is the strength of the team. And once you can make Washington a one-dimensional team, you can really tee off on them. And Michael Parsons is that dude. Uh, defensive player of the year, if I could get that bet in before the season, I wish I would have because TJ Watt was the favorite. But I think Parsons is going to get it because of how many games Watt is going to miss. Lock this in for my, was it my second or third lock of the week? I think it's my third. Third. How, how about them Cowboys? Go ahead, Ant. How about them Cowboys? Unless you got to say it like that. <laughs> how about them Cowboys? You're down there in Texas, so I think you got to practice that. You know who's the first person to ever say that? <laughs> Jimmy nah, Johnson. Who? Jimmy Johnson, 92 NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. But anyway, how about them Cowboys? They, they, they won last week. Zeke's back. You have um CD Lamb was back, and this week we're gonna have um Dax back. So this is gonna help me out in fantasy. So how about the Cowboys? But as far as for this game is concerned, Dak is not Dallas playing. is definitely gonna beat the mess out of the um Washington football team. So I'm taking Dallas on this one. And I'm taking it over over the Washington football team. Cooper Rush is still gonna start next week. You sure? Nah, they said yes. Dak was back next mm-hmm. week. Dak is no. Dak is out. They said he they said he's he's still he may be active in week five against the Rams, but um he's out this week. Week six, a realistic return uh date for Dak, reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Okay, well I still take Rush over that fake uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback on in on the um Washington football team or you know the formerly known as the Redskins or the Deadskins. How about them Cowboys? Michael Boom. Gallup is gonna play. Boom. Michael Gallup is gonna play. Yeah, he is. He the dead skits. Did he suit up? He didn't suit up last week. No, but he practiced he yesterday. He practiced Wednesday and Thursday. So we're filming this. We're recording. Right, this he did. Thursday. He actually. Yeah. He actually practiced Wednesday. He actually practiced Thursday and Friday of last week, but he still didn't play on Monday night. Um, but you know, unfortunately, they didn't need him to uh, to win the game. Look, Cooper Rush has actually played pretty good. I mean, he's he yeah. hasn't been a bad you know um, you know backup quarterback. He's done exactly what. You know, you expect a backup quarterback to do when he comes in. He expect him to. He's done. He's done for Dallas. What I'm sure San Francisco was hoping that Jimmy G would have done for them, um, <laughs> but did not do in 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 his in his opening performance. Um, yeah, yeah. Cooper. So there's no reason to believe that Cooper Rush can't um, continue this. You know, this this type this type of play. And uh, with the resurgence of um, Zeke Elliott and how well Tony Pollard has been running the football. Dallas at home, yeah. This this just feels like a a pretty easy pretty easy call uh, for a Dallas victory. Um, the only thing I'll say for Washington, Washington does have some explosive players on offense, as you mentioned, Ace. They can get the score up pretty high, so that's why I'm going to go with the over on this one. But I'm going to take Dallas to to win the game outright. Um, Dallas by three is is a is a, is a good bet here. Uh, I'm not going to lock it in because it's a divisional game, and I know how those how those games can tend to play. Um, play really, really close, but I think it's a pretty, pretty good line to go with Dallas here um, and, and give the three. Uh, and Dallas is two and one against the spread right now, um, and they've been they've been pretty solid so far. So uh, Dallas and the over. All right. Next up, we got Jacksonville at the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Philadelphia's okay. <laughs> Philadelphia is favored by six and a half, and the over under on this game is forty five and a half. I'm gonna go real quick on this one. I'm uh, gonna take Jacksonville. Philadelphia has blown out a couple of teams, but Jacksonville is really hot and they're playing really well. Philadelphia's defense isn't as good as I have believed them to be. Aside from last week, they've actually allowed quite a few points. And Jacksonville has proven that they can put up a lot of points against good pass rushes, which is what the Chargers had, even with, with Bosa and with um, Mack. Jacksonville has actually started to gel as a team, and they're really competent. And Doug Peterson really wants to go in there and show them why they shouldn't have got rid of him. Um, I think Philly's going to be motivated, but Jacksonville will too. I think there's too many points to give to Jacksonville. So I'm taking Jacksonville, and I'm going to lock this. Not, I'm not going to lock this one in, but I'm going to take Jacksonville. I feel pretty strongly about this one. Um, I'd even tease it up to seven and a half if you can, but six and a half is more than enough. Go ahead, Ann. Yeah, um, last week, um, Trevor Lawrence proved to me that he's quite, he's not a um, head and shoulders model. And they quit. it was actually a good team. I was I was actually pleasantly surprised, and I really liked how it was. That was actually what I was thinking about um, when you asked me that question. It was just back in my head. I couldn't quite actually pull it out in time just to, to say, you know, exactly what I, what, I, what was my surprise last week. That was my surprise last week. Jacksonville actually having a very good game. They was doing their thing. Like Philadelphia, too. Philadelphia got a lot of weapons and everything like that. This should be a very – definitely a good game. This should be this should be one of the games of the week to watch, even if you're not a fan of these, these two teams. But I want to take Jacksonville in this one as well. I'm going to take them in the over. I think they can maybe pull this off. Even though that, lot, that over another is at 46. Well, I would like to say thank you to the uh, New England Patriots for playing on, I believe it's the 4 o'clock for whatever reason, because I will be getting this game. I will be getting the Bills and the um, Ravens at 1 o'clock on CBS. So I'd like to thank them for finally playing in the playing in the 4 p.m. window so I actually get to get to see a game that I want to see here. No offense to all the Pats fans. I think y'all should do pretty well against Green Bay, but it is what it is. Go ahead, Malik. So the six and a half point spread is a is a bit high, um, and I don't really want to take it. But Philly is good enough to cover this, and I say that I say that pretty pretty emphatically. Philly's a Philly's a damn good team, um, and I think that we're we're jumping a little bit ahead of ourselves with respect to Jacksonville. I'm not saying that Jacksonville's a bad team um, by any stretch. I think that they've they've uh, given us the opportunity to say that they are now a team on the rise uh and trevor lawrence is is actually a, a quarterback on the rise um you know making his way towards you know maybe if he was in the middle of the pack or a little below the middle of the pack he's making his way up to that top 15 status um of, of the quarterbacks in the nfl but i don't think they're ready to play against the 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 pittsburgh i mean the the, the philadelphia eagles i don't think the Phil. i think the, i think the eagles are you know the cream of the crop of the NFC. They're they're they are if not they if not the best team, they are top two or three in the entire conference, in terms of offense, defense, special teams. You know, you know handling their business on all on all phases. You have Jalen Hurts playing MVP caliber football. Um, and the last time we saw Jacksonville on the East Coast, they lost to Washington, uh, a team that Philadelphia just trounced not too long ago in you know in in at their house. So. Uh, I don't see any reason to pick 
uh, to pick away from the Eagles at this point. Um, I'm going to take them and give the six and a half points, figuring that if they do win this game, it'll be by at least a touchdown. So I'm going to take Philadelphia and the over. All right. A little shocked by that because one of the few teams to actually post a shutout so far this year has been Jacksonville on defense. So the fact that they were able to do that for a whole yeah, that was Indianapolis. Still counts. Still a professional football team. <laughs> saying it like, oh, it was Indianapolis. That was Indianapolis. Like they like there was a peewee peewee football yeah. team. That was they, Indianapolis. They beat, they beat, beat Indianapolis. 12 they beat Indianapolis pretty much every time they played them at like home. This team the just got moved few, out from the USFL few, few or something. Like it's relegation. <laughs> hey, look. You, know, you like said it, I did. <laughs> Maybe yeah, they'll move them down. Say, I didn't say it. Maybe they'll move them. Maybe they'll move the Colts down to the XFL for the spring season. Make them play some more until they earn their way back in. <laughs> I would love to see that actually. If the NFL like had a little minor league, like they bought the XFL, and then if you lose, if you're dead last in the NFL, you don't get the first round pick anymore. That yeah, team down. moves down. Team moves down, and then the chant from the XFL <laughs> gets to come up. That'd be dope. A random city like Birmingham <laughs> gets a team. I would love that. All right. The Virginia Roosters move up and take the Indianapolis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Random team. Yeah. The Alaskan Muckrakers are moving up to the NFL. All right. Next up, we got Buffalo at Baltimore, the game that everybody is going to watch. Lamar versus what's that dude's name? I'm joking. Josh Allen. Wow. <laughs> Baltimore wow. is favored by. Oh, was favored by three and a half. People bet it down to three. I don't think this game is going to be a push. Somehow the over-under is 51 and a half. The weird part about this is um, the Bills aren't on a short week, which is good for them. They had a lot of players out. A lot of their defense is actually healthier again this week. Lamar Jackson is one of the few players that you can't like that, that pass rush and the way his team has been playing. He's just been playing lights out. The one game they did lose he threw, I believe, for 260 and ran for 100. Um, he's been able to throw from the pocket really well this year. Them losing Marquise Brown has not really hurt them. Devin DuVernay has added another element to the special teams. I do really like the Bills' defense, but the fact that Miami was able to get him, that may have been pretty weather-related. But the fact that Baltimore's at home is what makes me want to favor them in this game. Um, I am definitely leaning towards the over. I think this game is going to be a shootout, kind of like the Buffalo-Kansas City game. And Buffalo doesn't tend to win shootouts. So that being said, never get into a shootout in Baltimore. If you know, you know. I'm taking the Ravens. Wait, wait, wait. You're flashing back from last year? I'm taking the Ravens. (laughs) I'm flashing back from every year I've seen this team play. Baltimore has historically been better than the Bills since they came back into the league in the year 1996, which is not a non-factual statement. So I'm going to lean on the hot hand because Baltimore won last week and Buffalo lost. Go Ravens. Go ahead, Ant. Well, I see the um, – it was a disappointing week last week for the Bills, you know, losing 21-19. to 19. They could have won that game, but Dolphins Dolphins was a, um, a division game and stuff like that. It was played them kind of tight. Uh, it's kind of hard to see them actually doing it again, that actually happening again. I'm definitely going to take the over in this one. But I'm gonna have to take. I'm gonna have to go with Buffalo on this one. I don't really trust Baltimore to actually beat the Bills on this one. They pissed off players coming back and stuff like that. Last week there was quite a lot of players injured and stuff like that. They they might actually can pull this off. So I'm gonna go with Buffalo on the over in this one. All right. Um, 
I would like to point out who, who not the offensive lineman. Um, I believe one of their safeties, Micah Hyde, still is not going to play. He is done for the year. Yeah, he's not going to play. Yes, here. Micah Hyde's out for the season. Yeah. So Poyer's coming back, and um, Taron Johnson, and who's the other cornerback? I believe he's coming back from injury. Uh, the guy that was had the knee surgery over the summertime. Why can't I find his name on here? Tredavious. I think Tredavious White is finally coming back. So you know he mm, he's healthy. He's still on IR. He's still on IR. He's still not coming he, back. He has he he hasn't been he hasn't been cleared yet. Um, oh, yeah. So he's still on IR. So oh, he has, still to, not he has to be out at least the next game. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got, it got it. Oh, Isaiah McKenzie. That's who it was. He showed up on the injury report. I'm still the play. Hmm? My pick more is leaning on that Miami you know, knows the Bills a little bit more since that was a division game. And well, Wait, I, think, they, I think they like that's the reason why it was a little bit more closer game. I don't see that happening again. I'm just leaning on the home team in this one. Baltimore's had a pretty good defense last week. They're starting to gel a little bit more and they're starting to improve. They did lose their um, defense coordinator, Wink Martindale, but everything else seems to be in place. But Malik, go ahead. So I just want to make a note here of how. Last week, we talked about uh, Baltimore playing New England, and I think it was Anthony that was talking about how New England, um, how they, you know, they take away what you do best. And what Baltimore does best is Lamar Jackson. I don't even know what you want to call it. It's not It's not that they run best. It's not that they pass best. It's what, Their best is Lamar Jackson. That's what they say, stop. They say, stop him. If you can stop him, you're going to beat us. It's 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 whatever Lamar Jackson wants to do, he does, and we allow him to do it. And so, if you can stop that, you can beat us. And the Patriots couldn't do it. Um, and I think Anthony was pointing out that the, the Patriots knew exactly what was going to come, what was happening, and they couldn't do it. The reality situation is, um, Lamar Jackson has scored more total touchdowns in three weeks in the first three weeks of the season than thirty NFL teams. Thirty. He has more total touchdowns by himself than every other team in the NFL. Um, the only team that he's tied with, funny enough, is the Detroit Lions. So uh, I, I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna lean Lamar here. I'm gonna lean Lamar here because Lamar is basically playing Superman, and he's basically every week he is telling the Baltimore Ravens uh front office that. This is the reason why I didn't sign your measly little contract because I want more money than God. I want all of God's money, and you're going to give me all of God's <laughs> money because guess what? I am God in Baltimore. So, so each week he's going to show that. Um, I think I think the Buffalo Bills are great. I think that they're gonna they're gonna have a, a, a fine season. And I think they're gonna be able to you know to to you know overcome this this little hurdle uh, of the Miami situation and still win the division, still find themselves, you know, at the very least in the AFC championship game. But I think this game right here is a very, very tough one for them. Um, still kind of nursing injury situations and against the hottest player in the NFL in Lamar Jackson. I don't see a reason why Baltimore doesn't win this game and three points is more than enough to give. So I'm going to take Baltimore and the over. All right. Lamar might actually get um quite a guaranteed three hundred million dollar contract at the end of the season if he keeps playing like this. That's he keeps playing like this. That's not gonna happen. That's, That's baseball money. But he he, he plays he continues to play like this. He can walk into there and be like, I want ten dollars more than Deshaun Watson. 
Whatever they give in Deshaun Watson over there, give me ten dollars more. He's gonna go in there and say, I don't want some, not half. I want all my cash. I want all of it. I want two hundred thirty million plus ten dollars. And give me the ten right now out of your pocket. <laughs> well, what, we, what we do know is yesterday's price is no longer today's price. Because each week, <laughs> the last two weeks, this cat has thrown for three touchdowns, run for 100 yards, and r- had a rushing touchdown. So he scored four touchdowns two weeks in a row, which is just unheard of. He's playing out of his mind. It's like Shohei Otani. It's like, I just wish I had him in fantasy. It's a, he has a 2-8 ERA, and somehow he has 35 home runs as well. It's wild. Yeah, I know. I had Herbert in the, in the Dynasty League, so I didn't go get him. And then the other one, I just kept my QB. Playing it safe. Next up, we got Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. Um, Christian McCaffrey is on the injury list. I do think he will play if he can go. It does seem a bit more serious because they held him on practice, or maybe they're holding him out because they just don't want to wear him down early. He's only 26, so if he can play, I think he will play. Arizona's been very shaky on defense. That being said, their quarterback takes a bunch of chances. He's a little bit as good, I think, as Kyler Murray. It's just that nobody believes, and um, old Mr. Haterade wants to call people up and heckle them at work. Uh, if, if you're a Carolina fan, I feel bad for you because this is not the quarterback you thought you'd have going into this year. Baker is a bit of a jerk, but he's still pretty good. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals getting one and a half. I can't bet on them not knowing if Christian McCaffrey is going to play. If you find out later that McCaffrey is going to play, Go ahead and hammer the Cardinals. I think that'll make a huge difference. But right now, I'm leaning on the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm sorry, lean on the Panthers. You know, McCaffrey's going to play. But I'm betting on the Cardinals right now. That's where most of the money is going anyway. The line started minus one Carolina, and now it's plus two and a half, plus one and a half for the Cardinals. Go ahead and leave. The Cardinals need DeAndre Hopkins back in the absolute worst way. Um, they're just they're trying everything that they possibly can. They're throwing they're throing gum at the wall and trying to hope hope and hope it gets sticks with their <laughs> offensive their offensive game plan over there. Everybody's everybody's you know dinged up. James Conner uh, has been dealing with a knee issue. Um, I mentioned Hopkins being out with the suspension. AJ Green is probably going to be doubtful uh, with a knee situation. He's like he's not likely to play. Um, so yeah, it's really just, you know, next man up and, 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 you know, we got Marquise Brown and pretty much nothing else, um, uh, with respect to what's going on in Arizona because of that, I'm going to take Carolina. Um, I think that the, the, the situation with, um, Baker Mayfield, he seems to finally be, you know, hitting his receivers and, and, and making some, making some decent plays playing better quarterback than Sam Darnold uh, was, you know, last season on this team um, and just good enough to not, you know, mess it, mess everything up. So I'm going to go ahead and, and roll with the Carolina Panthers. I'll give them one and a half points. Uh, they're also at home, Arizona traveling across, across the country for this game. So um, this feels like a game that, you know, Carolina can, can, can take and, and manage, manage all the way through. So I'm going to go ahead and take Carolina and the under in this game. All right, Ant, who you got? Wow, this is crazy. This is going to be the battle of the mumpkins in this game. The two little midgets. But anyway, um, look at it. Malik is definitely right. Um, Arizona's missing Hopkins. 
Baker's actually getting, you know, getting the groove of his team. And he he has the one of the best running backs in the backfield who might actually be playing when he when when um when the game starts. So I'm definitely gonna go with Carolina. They have the better team right now. It's gonna be fun to watch both of them play in the Drew Brees Super Bowl game. But I'm gonna go with Carolina in this one. And take the under in this. Oh yeah, I did not say that. I'm gonna be taking the over. Um I think the chaos is gonna lead to more points, and I think that's what's gonna favor Arizona. Next up, we have Denver at Las Vegas. I am taking Denver because Las Vegas stinks. They hired the wrong coach. Hey, that was my line last week. Their offense is out of whack. It was your line, but it's literally true. Um, Josh McDaniel doesn't seem to know how to run a defense. The defense was bad before, but it's actually gotten worse, even though they spent money on it. They did not solve the problem. Denver is getting two and a half points at Vegas. Russell Wilson has played this uh, Las Vegas team a bunch. He knows how to handle them. Derek, their defense is all world at Denver. Derek Carr is not playing very well. I don't understand why. Whatever they're trying to do, it's not working. I'm going to take the under because Denver is just playing super, super low scoring games. I think they break out some points and let Russ cook on this one, but I'm going to lock this one in for me, my fourth lock of the week. Come give me Denver and I will take those two and a half points on the road. Go ahead, Ant. Yeah, Vegas just sucks. But um, I'm going to definitely take Denver, and I'm taking Denver in the under, even though Russ, Russell Wilson only been cooking hot dogs for the last couple of weeks, you know, and, you know, boy salami, salami or whatever. I'm going <laughs> to go with Denver. That's, if I'm picking both teams, they, they're supposed to have the better weapons. They're supposed to be, you know, have the better quarterback. They're supposed to be winning. But so I'm just going to go with that. That just makes more sense. And on your note, Ace, when you said that, Josh McDaniels can't, you know, coach football or whatever like that. Uh, as far as when it comes to defense, you know, his former mentor that he used to work with, it has the same problem on offense. So it seemed like those two belong together, you know, and they need a, a, good, a quarterback named Tom Brady to make everything work. And that's how New England was working in the first place. Now all three of them are split apart, and you see how only one person has a ring out of all this situation. But anyway, I'm going to go with Denver and the, and the um, was it? I said, yeah, the under. All right. Go ahead, Malik. You know, this is a tough one for me um, because Denver's not played good enough for me to pick them in anything. They've been they've they've been pretty bad on offense. Though so defensively, they've been great, but offensively, they've just been bad. Um, and Vegas is zero and three, right? So it's like they're zero three like, against the spread too. Right, they're zero and three. They're zero three against the spread. So there's like there's no reason there's no reason for me to be picking Denver in a game, and there's no reason for me to be picked for Vegas to be favored in a game. Oh, right there now. Is. Vegas should not well, be favored at home. Win by a point. But but that's my whole point. Is like no n- neither side of this like g- Denver getting points is absolutely necessary because they don't <laughs> score right. <laughs> so get so You're giving right Denver that. two points is absolutely necessary, I and in the meantime, win by three. Man. Giving 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 points if you're the Raiders is is never good because the Raiders stink, right? They're 0-3, right? So they should not be giving points to anybody. They should be getting points. This game should be a pick'em, honestly. Um, because even though Denver is on the road and is not, you know, and has not been able to score any points thus far this season, they're still two and one. At the very least, yeah. this game should be a pick'em. The fact that this game, the fact that the the, the Ra- Raiders are giving points to anybody at this situ in this at this current situation, means that you should take the team that's getting the points. Um, 
So I'm going to take Denver as well, and I'm locking this in. This is going to be my fifth and final lock of the week, Denver and the under. All right. Um, next up, we have the New England at the New England Patriots at the Green Bay Packers. Mac Jones will not be playing, I don't believe, and if he does, he'll be very hobbled. It's a high ankle sprain, so he's definitely going to be out this week. I take that back. The Pats are 0-2-1 against the spread. They're 0 one and one on the road against the spread, and they are one and two on the season. Green Bay is two and one. They dropped their first game of the season, just like last year. This line opened up at minus seven and a half, and now it's up to minus nine and a half. The over/under dropped three points as well to thirty-nine and a half, so it's tied with the Bears-Giants game as the lowest over/under of the week. Um, being as I live in Massachusetts, I would like to take New England, but without Mac Jones, I really can't predict how this is going to go. Um, it's too early in the season to try to pull a we're going to run it 65 times a game. Ramondre Stevenson is playing really well. I will give him that. The running game for the Pats is working. And it does appear that the Green Bay's weakness is their running defense. But the Pats defense is having a big problem stopping the passes, stopping the pass. The pass defense has been pretty piss poor. They do know what Aaron Rodgers likes to do. I do expect the Packers to win, but will they beat them by two TDs? I don't know. That all being said, I'm going to lean on the Packers getting nine and a half. I think that's too much. I think the Packers are a little bit better. I think the Packers are a little bit better than they were. They're getting better each week with their receivers. And I think the Wingles defense is getting a little bit better each week. So because of that, I think this game will be within a touchdown. Packers can beat them by seven, but I don't think they'll beat them by ten. Give me the Pats to cover on the road in Green Bay. Go ahead, Malik. I just want to say that it's been a long time since the New England Patriots have been nine-point underdogs. I just want to. I just want to. I just want us to take a moment since the twenty twenty revel in this to revel in this um, in this situation. Remember when you remember a day when the Patriots sucked when they were bad when they were a bad football team. I know you guys remember it because I remember it's, it because we were in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the nineties. Long time ago, just did something dumb and knocked Drew Brees out. When, like, in a custom, when when it was customary for New England to open up for New England games to open up with nine point spreads, we were not surprised when those things happened. Um, so I just want to just want to take a moment and 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 you know pay homage to that. Um, <laughs> Green Bay. <laughs> Green Bay has been getting a little, like as you said, Ace. Green Bay is going to get a little bit better every week. Um, the camaraderie, the the connection between Rodgers and his receivers has been getting better. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon have been running well. The defense has been playing well, um, and and right now they're they're sitting at uh, two and one, um, and they are you know in a in a prime position to to do what everybody said they were going to do you know at the beginning of the season, which is um, you know win the division. So. Um, they are the better team overall. Um, but I just think I think I think you're right, Ace. I think this is giving way too many points to Bill Belichick um to cover the spread. Although I don't think that um I do think that the the Mac Jones not being there is gonna be a bit of a problem. The funny thing is that, you know, um New England had to rebuff reports that uh, Cam Newton uh, had been called by by the team. Um, they emphatically denied that that that, that took place. So um, we'll see we'll see where they wind up going with their um, 
you know, with the team uh, from that perspective. And, well, and Cam's going to be playing in Carolina. Play, how they're going to? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens with New England about like what they're going to do with the quarterback position if they if if uh, Mac Jones can't actually go out there and play. Um, I'm going to take New England. I mean, I'm going to take New England because uh, I just think Bill Belichick will come up with a way to cover the nine. I don't think they're going to win this game. I think this is I think this is a Green Bay victory all the way. Um, probably some somewhere along the lines of you know 27 to 17, 27 to 20, something like that, and and, and Green Bay just gets the just gets the 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 one score victory. So I'm going to take New England and the under. And just to point out, Brian Horror did play a year with uh, – he played two or three seasons for Chicago as the starter for, I believe, one and a half seasons. So he is familiar going into Green Bay and having to play games there. This is his 14th year in the league. He's 36 years old. Um, Cam Newton is actually younger than him. Cam Newton will be playing for the Carolina Panthers by year's end. Go ahead, Ann. <laughs> yeah, you brought up Brian Hoyer. I bring yes. up this. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah 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 you're just leaving it leave it like that so you know new england's not winning this green bay has a real quarterback green bay and the under all right thank you for that deep deep insight that you got from your gut thing. that's all you need to know who got the quarterback that. yeah that's all we need to know and, and I'm not gonna and I'm gonna move out that that Bill Belichick mindset of you know he might pull some genius thing that that cost me last week. No, but that I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm taking the under in this one. All right. Well, I just I just think he's gonna keep it close. I don't think he's gonna win. Yeah, yeah game's gonna be over by halftime. I mean, they could get a late field goal and still they could get a late field goal early in the fourth quarter and end up covering. You know, Green Bay does not well, in front of the score. Once they're up, they kind of sit on the ball. For for all you fantasy guys out there that you know that bets on the side, pick up New England's um kicker because that's who's going to be making the most of the points. That's actually a great idea. Thank you. I might just do that. You're welcome. Next up, we got Kansas City at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The oldest quarterback who's really good, and the youngest quarterback who's really good. Mahomes versus Brady. Um, good news for Tom Brady. I believe is Godwin going to play? No, don't know if Godwin's going to play, but we do know that his number one wide receiver is off suspension, so he's getting Mike Evans back. Oh, Godwin is going to play, and Julio Jones is expected to play, so he will have his top three receivers back, which is why it was such a low-scoring game last week. Tampa Bay is favored by one point, which basically means this game is a pick'em. It started with Tampa Bay getting two and a half, and everybody jumped all over that and started betting on Tampa. So if the line moved that much. I have to believe that everybody knows what they're talking about. I'm going to take Tampa. Tampa has the better defense. Patrick Mahomes is having to go on the road. And they will be playing in the aftermath of a hurricane. So it will be quite, quite humid. They are not moving the game out of Tampa Bay, which is kind of wild, but it is what it is. I guess they're going to have enough time to drain out the stadium and clean up. And I thought they I just, moved out. No. I thought I they like, picked them up and moved, and moved somewhere. No, no, they're the players practicing weren't there. in Miami. They're practicing in Miami, yeah, they're but they're going to go back Miami and play the game play. at Tampa and get their home game in. Yeah, they play that. So I guess they're going to be letting the fans go to the game whose houses got their roofs torn off. I don't know how that's going to work. Three tickets, maybe. My, my heart's out to them because, no, I'm serious. Like, it directly hit Tampa at like 140 mile an hour winds. Yeah. There was this uh, side note, whatever. I'm going to get off that. But I'm taking Tampa. Yeah. Go ahead, Malik. 
Malik? Um, I'm going to take KC. I think KC is uh, the good thing is it's a it's a straight up. I mean it's a it's a one point spread. It's a pick on here. Uh, KC is a a good uh, you know good enough team to go into any stadium and win and get a win. I think they are reeling from that loss against Indianapolis last last week um, in a game that they you know they probably shouldn't have they they pretty much gave away. Um, and they're going to go into Tampa and make um, make Tom Brady. And and that team scores some points. Uh, and Tom Brady and that offense has not been able to score a lot of points thus far um, this season. So I feel like it's just going to be a bit of a track meet. Kansas City is going to try to you know get the score up and take advantage of all those weapons that uh, Patrick Mahomes has at his disposal. And because of that, I think uh, Tampa Bay is going to run out of run out of steam trying to catch up to them um, over the course of the game. So I'm going to take KC and I'll take the over uh, over at the 45 and a half. All right, head out. Oh, before I go, I just want to say I'm locking Green Bay as my fourth um, lock of the week. But um, as far as this game's concerned, I'm going to go with um, Casey as well. Take it, but I'm going to take the under this one. I don't think they're going to score that many points. And just like um, I was saying before, I believe with the indie game, when I was bringing up the superstitions and stuff like that, players all like that, and they had their routines and stuff like that. And I think that might actually throw Tampa Bay off a little bit by going somewhere else quite doing a practicing then they have to come back over back to tampa bay it doesn't seem like that much but so certain players might get in their heads whatever as far as their routines and stuff like that go and stuff like that i think that might throw them off a little bit and quite that's why i'm going to take kc in this one but i'm still taking it under i don't think it's going to be a lot of points scored in this one all right next up we have the la rams at the san francisco 49ers this is a divisional game in the nfc west and it's shaping up to me to look like the Rams are going to run away with this division the way everybody else is playing. San Francisco does not have a good quarterback, even though they have the same quarterback that started this game last year for them and Jimmy G. You would think that would help, but after last week, I think everybody has kind of lost faith in him, and they understand why they were trying to move on. That might have brought down the locker room as much as they love him, but I got to lock this one in as my last lock of the week. Give me the Rams. They're getting plus one and a half. Um, the Rams played well last week. They're going to continue to play well. They know how big of a game this is. It's going to be a defensive battle. And I just have more faith in the Rams than I do in San Francisco overall. Wide receiver-wise, running back-wise, defense-wise, even special teams-wise. Um, I think it's going to be an easy one. And 66% of the money is coming in on the Rams, and I'm going that way myself. The over-under is 42 and a half. Rams can actually put up some points on like Denver, so I'm going to be taking the over on that. Go ahead, Ants. I'm going to have to go to the opposite on this one. I think that everybody's going to be going, pulling for the Rams. They, you got, it's definitely understandable. Rams can score it and everything like that. But I quite people might be looking down on Jimmy G, but you got to think about how all these other players was in Week One and some of some of them in Week Two, whatever. They took their while to get their le- their legs under and stuff like that to actually start playing games and stuff like that. You got you got to think about this when it comes to Jimmy G. Jimmy G hasn't played practice all off season, basically barely practice. He was just showing up, whatever, like that, because they thought he was going to get traded. All those things come factor in. I see Jimmy little by little going to get better and better, and but right now, quite a little bit of rust came off. So I could see San Francisco maybe pulling this out. Team come you know come together, whatever, like that. But give me the San Francisco and give me the under in this one. I don't think it's going to be actually, you know what? Give me the over in this one. San Francisco on the over. I think they can actually pull it off. Even wow. Kittles is coming. I think even Kittles is caught back and he's still, still, you know, mm-hmm. getting game balls and stuff like that. He wasn't there in the beginning of the um, season. 
So if they're going to start rolling as soon as they're going to start clicking. Remember, these guys have been playing together for a while, but they just been off, you know, from, you know, actually practicing, or actually getting throws in. But give me San Francisco and give me the under this one. I think they're going to, this is going to be the shock of the week. I mean, the over in this one, this is going to be the shock of the week. Wow. And this is going to be my okay. final lock. Okay. Yeah, Malik. Yeah, so this is interesting. I mean, in, in all of the, the talk about, um, Jimmy G and how bad he was last week, stepping out of bounds and all of that stuff. Um, Jimmy G is 6-0 and in the regular season versus the Rams. Uh, he's not lost to them in his entire career. Then he's due. Probably one of the reasons, probably one of the reasons why you know, San Francisco is, is favored in this because, you know, San Francisco is coming into this at 1-2. and two. Um, The Rams are, the Rams have won, won their last two games um, by a pretty wide margin. Um, and so to me, it's like there's no reason just the way that these teams are trending, the way that these teams are, are have been playing for anyone to believe that the Rams should lose this game. San Francisco has just not been all that good. That said, San Francisco was very good defensively last week. They lost they lost that game against Denver 11 to 10. And regardless of how you want to feel about, you know, Denver's offense, San Francisco's defense was part of that. You know, they they, they did play well. Uh, they, did, they did do a good job against them. Um, I'm going to pick the Rams um, only because I feel like the I feel like the points the point spread is just is just small enough where um, if if the if the 49ers win this game they'll win it by a point like they'll win it by a point or something like that and the Ram I think the the closer money is the Rams beating winning this game by you know by a score or more um, rather than the 49ers winning this game by a score or more if I had to think about it from that perspective I'm gonna, I would pick the Rams to win that. So I'm going to take the Rams and I'm going to take the under. Um, I think this is a, a very bold pick for Anthony to take, to take San Francisco and to also lock them in. Um, like you said, the trend, the trend is that J- Jimmy G doesn't lose this game, but it's his first, just only a second game back from the, from all the, you know, the controversy and stuff with his, with his offense, uh, with his team. I think San Francisco will be better, but they're just catching. They're just being caught at a at a, at a pretty bad time against the Rams team that's playing that's playing pretty well right now. So I'm gonna take the Rams and the over. The Niners haven't yeah. The Niners haven't been able to beat a team that actually has had a decent defense. I understand they played Chicago in a monsoon, but the reason why Chicago won is because the defense came through with a couple of sacks against Trey Lance and was able to stop them. Meanwhile, Justin Fields made plays and they didn't. And Jimmy G is definitely not a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. And the defense for the Rams is still pretty stout, even without the great pass rushing coming from, you know, Von Miller. And he was at it late in the season, so we'll see how the Rams do. Aaron Donald is still there. They still got to double him. And Leonard Floyd is going to, you know, he definitely has to pick up his play. So we are there at the end of the week. There's all the NFL games. I hope you guys are enjoying Thursday Night Football. And very quickly, I'm going to give you my NCAA picks. I'm going to run this down real quick. Michigan's playing Iowa. At noon, Michigan is minus 10 and a half. I'm leaning on Michigan. Mexico State is one and four. They're playing FIU, who's one and two. FIU was the team last week who had 77 points dropped on them. Mexico State is minus 14 and a half. I'm taking Mexico, New Mexico State. Uh, next one is Washington, four and oh, at UCLA, four and oh. Washington is minus three. I'm leaning on Washington. They have an amazing passing game. Michael Penix Jr., big Penix energy. If you haven't heard from RG3, Great line, very true, and they have they have some receivers that are definitely going to be getting drafted into the NFL. UCLA is not that team yet. Chip Patterson had a pretty weak uh, had a pretty weak schedule. They played Bowling Green, 
Alabama State, and then they barely beat South Alabama by a point. Colorado was the only conference game they've won, and they just played them last week, and they are the worst Power 5 team in the country. Washington could be national title contenders by the end of the year. Minnesota's playing Purdue. Minnesota's 4-0. Purdue is 2-2. Minnesota is minus 12.5. I'm going with Minnesota. And for the SEC game of the week, in my opinion, two 4-0 teams, number 7 Kentucky, visiting number 14 Mississippi. Kentucky is getting 7. Mississippi has Will Levis. They have a better quarterback. They have a better defense. This is the same Kentucky team that went down to Florida and beat Florida. Don't forget that. 26-16. Mississippi hasn't really played a very tough offseason schedule, or out-of-conference schedule, I should say. They played Troy, Central Arkansas. They beat Georgia Tech 42-0, and they barely beat Tulsa 35-27. Kentucky is not Tulsa. Kentucky is going to come in there, get another huge road win, and run away with this one. And last and finally not least, I believe, I what was that other game that I was looking at? Memphis is playing, is hosting Temple. Memphis is minus 18 and a half. I'm going to take Temple, getting 18 and a half. Temple played great last week against Rutgers. Memphis is pretty good, but they are not great. I don't think they've beaten one team by 20 points all year. They've lost by 20 points, but they haven't beaten anybody by 20 points, except Navy. And Temple is not as bad as Navy. They actually have uh, Kurt Warner's son playing quarterback for them. So get that bet in early. All you Philly fans out there, people and our listeners in Philadelphia, get down to Harris in uh, or Atlantic City and get those bets in. And now we're going to start with our shout outs. And are you ready? Drop. Yeah, I'm ready. I've just got one shout out, whatever, um, for this week. Unfortunately, it's not sports like. Uh, I just like to give a shout out to Coolio. Rest in peace. Definitely rest in peace, Coolio. Definitely quite he was a bit definitely a rapper that was basically going that song has always been playing a lot of times. And quite we quite seen him a lot, but yeah, I'm not gonna get into too much details because it's more in a sports type of thing, but shout outs to him. That's gonna be my only shout outs this week. And I wanna keep it more lively anyway, with y'all guys. All right. Malik, oh, do you have any? Oh, I know. Now I got to edit all of this out. Or maybe I'll just leave it in. Who knows? Um, Malik, are you ready? Or you want me to go? <clears throat> no, you go ahead. All right. I got uh, three big shout outs this week. Shout outs to, um, shout outs to, uh, Dan Lebertard and crew and everybody over at, I believe it's called the Metal Larkers. Uh, I love that podcast. Really good sports reporting about the Ime Yudoka situation and everything that went down with the Celtics. Shout out to them. I learned a lot more about sports and reporting every time I listen to them. Um, shout out to Miles Garrett. I know he's doing well. Hope he's staying healthy. Um, and shout out to my New York Knicks who are opening up training camp. And big, 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 big shout out to my Yankees who I expect to win the title this year. And our Triple Crown winner, Mike Aaron. All rise, Judge. 61 home runs. I know you're going to get the record. I wish I had bet on you winning the AL MVP when Shea Hosani was so far in the lead back in August. And y'all were slumping a little bit, but it is what it is. And that is it for me this week. Go ahead, Malik. I figured you had another Favre shout-out that you were giving. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, oh, yeah, I ain't forgot same. about him yet. I'm not trying to curse, <laughs> though, so that's why I didn't go into it. Same shout-out to Aaron Judge. Um, watching him hit hit that 61st home run, I, I called it. I actually called it. I actually told somebody yesterday uh, before the game said, I said, he's going to do it today. He's going to do it today. He had gone through a, a slump about, I think it was about six or seven straight games. And I was like, I feel it. He's going to do it today. I just know it's going to happen. And it happened. And it was a, you know, no, no, no doubter uh, line drive shot, you know, to left field. Um, and so I'm really happy for him. Hopefully he gets, uh, he's able to, you know, crank out a couple more um, and extend that, extend that AL record all the way out to about 65, 66 home runs um, and, and, and supplant, um, at least Sammy Sosa as at third on the list of the, the, the home runs. Um, so shout out to him Looking forward to the rest of, to the rest of the season and everything, uh, everything that he's, he and the Yankees are going to accomplish. Um, shout out to um, Rachel Dolezal. Shout out to Rachel Dolezal for letting it mm-hmm. all hang out. for putting it out there in the world. Hey, look, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you're black. I don't know if you're white. But I like, but you 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 you're looking good, girl. Is she black? Is she white? I, yeah, I, yeah. I think the, the the conversation about whether she's black or she's white doesn't really matter when you put it out like that. Yep. Ain't nobody gonna care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you look like. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what your race is. You put it out like that. You're letting the world know that you're all out here. You're out here in the open. Can't be part of the NAACP anymore. So you know what? Why, <laughs> why, why not just turn the porn? Because you know it just makes perfect sense. She's not or, a black or white. She's caramel or 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 OnlyFans. Um, look, this is you. Know, this is a free. It's a free world. It's a free society. If you want to do it, go right ahead. Um, and she doesn't look that bad. So shout out to her for expressing expressing herself and her and her her um, her freedom of expression on, on, in that perspective. I can't believe um, that, that happened. <laughs> I did not approve of this message. <laughs> hey, look! Shout out to her. I'm not gonna say anything like I'm that. Not I'm gonna, just, I am just. Oh, praising. well, you're not. You're not I'm shaming just, anybody. So yes, I'm. I'm no, I'm not shaming her. I'm. I'm pra- I am praising her for her. You know, for for her stepping out and going ahead and doing this thing. If this was something that she wanted to do, go right ahead and do it. You don't. You're not an NAACP anymore. You don't have to. You know, you ain't gotta hide behind it. This is this was clearly her. This was this was her the entire time, but she had a regular job, so she couldn't gotcha. do this. You know, so now she can see she ain't got no job no more. So now she can go ahead and bust it all open on the internet. No problem. Go ahead, and knock yourself out. Sure. Um, <laughs> she went from NWACP to <laughs> to fans only. Wow. Oh yeah, I got one more thing. Remember when Dak got hurt in game one, and the and the team doctor came out? Why was he wearing a cowboy hat? Is that a normal thing in Texas, Ann? Have you ever gone to a doctor and you've walked into the room and dudes just sitting there wearing a cowboy hat? Because I'd be like, oh, no, no. <laughs> That's a Dallas thing. That's a Dallas thing. Everywhere else yeah. in Texas don't do that. That's rich Dallas areas. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things I can accept. Like, if I walk in and, you you know, you're wearing, like, a baseball cap or something, like, cool, cool. But if I walk in, like, and my doctor has, like, a, a Yankee fitted backwards and it has his name on it, like, See? I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go somewhere else. See, this is where you guys got to go. This is when you guys got to visit Texas because not all Texas is like that. How much I think Texas people no, walk, I do. just walking around in horses and white hats and black hats all day. I don't, but I think my man was just on the <laughs> sideline styling, and I didn't expect him to be the team doctor, the team orthopedist, <laughs> the dude that you call when people get He's hurt. And I was like, yo, who is this guy? Your cowboy doctor? 
Is he a horse doctor pay, or is he a human doctor? Because he had a string, he had a string tie or something like that. He, he had like he a string not, tie. Babe. He did not have the bolo tie, but that would have been a nice touch. That would have been very, <laughs> that would have been very like Tom Landry's like 1981, 78, some time frame around there. That was kind of wild. It'd be like if every team doctor from every city just had to be like a dude who you would see on like their subway or on the highway. Like the the, the team doctor for the Jets is just uh, well a fireman. He's wearing a fire hat. You know, and he just comes out. He's like, all right, so what's going on here? How you guys doing? You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous. It'd be like if the or, or the Lions or the Bears uh, team doctors had a lunch pail that he brought out. Like, you know, it's just or he looked like Mike Lindell or something. It'd be nuts. Anyways, we'll see y'all later. Follow us on uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Find us on Twitter at the Uptown Parlay. Find us on um, IG at the Uptown Parlay. Sorry to the person that bet 20 grand on the uh, Indianapolis, no, on the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Money line. That went bad for you. That was not us, but we did post it on our Twitter. And to all our listeners out there in California, Texas, West Virginia, Virginia, everywhere, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate y'all. And our next, this episode will be dropping this Friday, September 30th. And our next episode will be coming out on Tuesday, the recap show. Peace. We out. Mm-hmm. We out.